0: Okay, as I mentioned, this is the feast day of the Korean martyrs, who we absolutely do not talk enough about. And sadly, so even myself, I think only once a year. And we need to more. And it ties to this passage, this gospel passage, very powerfully. Because what is that saying? Jesus is saying, basically, you light the light. What is that? Your faith. And he says, don't conceal it. Don't put it under a bed. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to live your faith. Don't be afraid to speak out, to be part of your faith. Now, what's surprising to me is we live here in the United States. Praise be to God that we still maintain our religious freedoms that are slowly trying to be taken away right now. But there's no excuse here in the United States not to live our faith. We're afraid offending somebody or the cancel culture is nothing compared to what these poor Koreans have faced. As I mentioned before the mass, North Korea is considered the most dangerous place for Christians to live in the world. As I mentioned, you would think it would be Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan. It's not, it's North Korea. And the evangelization of Korea has quite a story. It began in the 17th century through a group of laity. This is why our lay people are so important. And basically, a strong Christian community began to form there under lay leadership. Now, eventually, some missionaries came in from Paris, from France. They were called the Paris Forest Foreign Mission Society. Now, this story is amazing. Now, because of their belief in God, these first Korean Christians were persecuted badly. They were rejected, not only by society, but can you imagine, by their own families. They'd be stripped of any social rank or even fundamental human rights, all because of their faith. These are true Christians. But despite all that persecution, they persevered. Terrible persecutions happened, especially in the 1800s. Now, <clears throat> between the mid, early to mid-1800s and then in the later 1800s, 103 members of this Christian community gave their lives as martyrs, even though 10,000 were killed for their faith. The 103 that we recognize today as Andrew Kim and companions are these 103. The very first Korean priest ever was named Andrew Kim Taegon. So just think, he was in the 1800s before Korea had its very first priest. Think of that, meaning ordained Korean. So this first Korean priest, this Andrew Kim Taigan, then worked with this lay person named Paul Chong Hasang. So we usually call this feast, Andrew Kim, Paul Chong, and Companions. So during the daytime, they would have to hide. They literally had to hide, but at night they would go about by foot, secretly spreading the faith, amazing. But only one year after he was ordained, Andrew Kim was beheaded. He was only 26 years old, and this was in 1846. Now, among the other martyrs, there were some bishops and a few priests that had come to the country, but most of them were lay people. So don't think that just the priests are being challenged and persecuted. You are as well. They all suffered greatly, but that began the church in Korea. Remember, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Here we have an example of that. So anyway, John Paul went to Korea, John Paul II, and canonized these martyrs in 1984. And now more than 10,000 martyrs have died over there and being persecuted over just a hundred years. 10,000, wow, that's pretty scary. Now, this is continuing. Right now, there is ongoing systematic. You wanna use the word systematic? Let's use the word systematic. Systematic persecution of Christians in North Korea. The Christian Open Doors organization, there's an organization called Christian Open Doors, said that North Korea persecutes and executes more Christians than any other country. Christian Solidarity Worldwide organization said that there are numerous reports of people being imprisoned, sent to prison camps, subjected to torture, an in inhumane treatment because of their faith. This Christian Solidarity Worldwide organization has said that between 50 and 70,000 Christians right now are held in North Korean prison camps simply because they are Christian. Where is the world outrage? We're outraged at some of the most insignificant, meaningless things, and yet there's no outrage over 70,000 Christians being put into concentration camps for their faith. There are reports of public executions of Christians. Just one that I read about recently, was an execution in front of a thousand people to teach a lesson. A person by the name of Ri Hyon Oak was publicly executed back in 2009 for handing out Bibles. What a beautiful woman. She was handing out Bibles, and then they took her husband and her children and deported them to the higher-young political prison camp, simply because she was handing out Bibles. Why? Why is this happening? The government there considers religious activities political crimes because they challenge the semi-deification, meaning Godlike status of Kim Il sung. He was the founder of North Korea and his family. His grandson is Kim Jong un, the current, if you can call it, a leader of North Korea. So they persecute, kill, and torture these Christians because they believe that their faith is a threat to the deification of the family of Kim Il-sung, who died in 1994. But his family, they think, are God's, and now Kim Jong-un, as I say, quote-unquote, a leader, if you could call it that, was his grandson. When Kim Il-sung, his grandfather, led Korea from the 40s, and the 50s, under his rule, all churches were closed. They closed all the churches. And according to the Asian news, all non-foreign Catholic priests, if they were not Korean, they were sent home, but all non-foreign Catholic priests, meaning basically the Korean priests, were executed. Every single one. Where is the outrage? In 2002, they said that the number of Christians in North Korea had fallen to 800 Catholics. There were 12,000 Protestants, they said, and 800 Catholics those to be got to be the most brave and unbelievable 800 people in this world to have the courage and the force or the wherewithal and the strength to be able to persevere in the midst of that kind of persecution unbelievable now south korea is different there's as many as four million Catholics, or Christians, I should say, in um, South Korea. But I want to finish by saying we pray for them. In, since 1988, four churches have been built in Pyongyang, which is the capital, I think, of North Korea. They were built with foreign donations. You can say, well, Father, that's a sliver of hope. Of those four churches, one was Catholic, two were Protestant, and one was Russian Orthodox. And so people were pointing saying, hey, it's a sliver of light. Well, they're only open to foreigners. North Koreans, North Korean citizens cannot attend services there. The services are used solely to bring in foreign money and foreign visitors especially South Koreans. So it's clear that these churches are solely for propaganda purposes. But God can work with that. You know, it's funny. A couple of years ago, I had an inspiration that I wanted to go as a priest to Iraq or Iran. I felt I wanted to go where these Christians have no support, they have no guidance, and I wanted to be a priest for these people in Iraq or Iran. And I told Father Kaz I would like to go, and he declined it, saying that it's not prudent when you would be basically going on a suicide mission. And that place is not as dangerous as North Korea. So today, as we pray for persecuted Christians, let it not just roll out of our lips as a prayer intention of just going through the motion of making a prayer intention. Let us really think, and I'm offering the mass for all those Christians in North Korea. God help them for them to maintain their faith in this kind of persecution, these Christians are all underground. There's no above-ground church in North Korea, none. It's all underground, and as I said, I think they are the bravest people in the world. So while our government is going around the world as current administration, forcing nations to accept abortion gay marriage, and transgenderism. I was just reading about the ambassadors that are now being sent out and the missions that they have to spread the LBGTQ agenda. This is where our focus is. And yet, we have these people being imprisoned, tortured, murdered because of their faith. Where's the outcry for religious freedom? You want to talk about human rights? That's human rights. So let us unite with with these people, praying for them. And let us not, and I'm the first one to admit, let me not go another year Before I talk about them again, let me not go another year before I think of them again. Please, Lord, let me not go another year before I pray for them again. Having really read what they go through, I don't think any of us in the West have any idea what it's like. Oh, we talk about because somebody used a offensive slur. All right. Yeah, that's wrong. Sorry, we're not even in the same stratosphere in this nation of hardship or offensive than what these people are going through. Let us acknowledge what they are suffering. Let us pray to God for their protection. And most of all, let us realize and put in perspective what's really important. Is what's really important a matter of transgenderism, abortion, and gay marriage? Or is what really matters important that these people are allowed to live? That these people are allowed to not be executed, persecuted, tortured, abandoned, ostracized, and forgotten? Let us pray for them and ask God's mercy upon North Korea and an opening of the heart of those in charge that they may have mercy, that God may have mercy on them and that they may have mercy on these Christians. Please pray for North Korea and through the intercession of Andrew Kim and companions, may they find peace and protection.
1: Are you a Marian helper?